to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. Because we're, it's a joke. It's it's just funny to me. I guess is the thing. Like I remember, I, see what you're I remember I was at a wedding and uh, there was a guy there who was a uh, Tibetan and uh, with his wife and my wife and I were talking about our dog and uh, we're we're saying that she needed she was getting surgery. She's had a hard month because she's getting, and he goes, I'm sorry, who was getting surgery? And we said our dog, and he just laughed really hard. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> we our dog was in surgery and he's like i'm really sorry and he was like i'm sorry i don't understand he thought like our mom was having surgery or something it's like you give so you give your dog surgery you put a dog in an operating room and operate them uh, this guy who's like some from some place in tibet was like that's that's insane you know it's like uh, my chicken has a psychiatrist on some level it's like ridiculous i mean that's i guess and i think one thing a lot of people are doing is looking at the big picture too much and thinking they can they listen to podcasts and they have a whole world opinion but your only responsibility is the space you take up and the people you encounter right that's all you should be thinking about yeah and when you're you thinking globally it's a giant distraction yes it, and really you don't have any real ability to affect things that much no you the things you can do is be um, kind to people you know and that you encounter encounter people every day. Try to live a life of, of interaction yeah. instead of distraction and be out and look at folks and treat them okay. That's like huge. Have you ever noticed how fire behaves an awful lot like water, only in reverse. You know, I shared that clip of Louis C.K. talking to Joe Rogan because as I listened to that interview, I almost felt like I was arguing on both sides of, of their conversation you know I almost felt like Joe Rogan was the angel on my shoulder and Louis CK is the devil and I'll play the rest of that clip which actually I just shared the end of but I'll share the beginning to kind of give you more context but what I'm talking to you about tonight is the difficulty of reason. Okay, the challenge, the challenge of making sense from information and intuition. Those two forces, right? The data we receive versus what we feel. The empirical versus the implicit, the emotional versus the logical, you know, the intersection of these things like fire and water. As always, I think of duality and how there is nothing without its equal and opposite. 
you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot. The last few days, I feel like I've had a clear head. I feel like I've been working through some things. Okay. Have you ever, have you ever had a thought that takes you all day, all week, all month, maybe even all year to think through? Thoughts are not so simple. You know, reason is not so simple. It's not easy to be reasonable. It takes work and focus, effort, and perseverance, right? It takes some grit to take a thought from start to finish. So I wrote a poem. Because what else do you do when you're trying to think a thought all the way through? So this is called A World Without Problems. If we live to win, excuse me. If we lived in a world without pain, without sadness, madness, guilt, or blame, if we never fucked up and dealt with the shame, would we all be equally the same? If we lived in a world without anger, without war, death, or any real danger, without gold, silver, money, or bankers, would any song be a real banger? If we lived in a time without end, without heartbreak, struggle, or something to mend, without care, wants, or needs to defend, would strength and courage have been just a trend? What if the flowers, herbs, bushes, and trees had not to worry about the birds and the bees, about pollen, sex, or their sway in the breeze? Would we forget what it means to be free? Would we no longer feel wet from the rain, the wind in our hair, or the sun on our face? If nobody loses, what's the point in the race? If nobody wins, we all lose the chase. If this tired old truck never broke down, it wouldn't feel so sweet to drive across town. If we were all the same in every which way, in a world without problems, what's the point in a day? So something I've been thinking about a lot has been the implications of this burgeoning AI technology, right? I mean, people have been writing fiction about artificial intelligence for a long time, but we're starting to get to the point where it's no longer fiction. You know, this chat GPT thing is pretty fascinating. It's pretty smart. And I think uh, we would be fools not to perk our ears up and pay attention, right? Because to me, the problem with artificial intelligence is that at its core, it has still been programmed by people. And when I say that's a problem, I don't know. Maybe it's the problem, maybe it's not. Because people are emotional. People are biased. People are flawed. And inevitably, that carries forward into our creations. You know, what I would hope is that when it comes to 
this new thing, this new entity, this possible new form of digital consciousness that we have at the very least tried our hardest to integrate the better parts of our psyche into it. I hope that we consciously embed it with things like love and reason. I hope that it's not purely analytical, purely pragmatic, even though I try to be a pragmatic type of individual. I try to be reasonable and see what I can accomplish versus what I can't. You know, my fear is that an artificial brain would not have the same hmm, inhibition. Of course, what's holding me back is my inhibition more than anything else. You know, my, my inability to move forward without making reason of what I'm looking at the slow nature of my processing unit, my PCU, my, my <clears throat> operating system, right? If we speed this up exponentially, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what kind of bias this artificial thing might have. Because it's not easy to take information and turn it into reason without this intermediary that I know a word for. I said it already. It's called intuition. You know, I, I know lately that I've been playing clips a lot. It's because I want to show you where my thinking is coming from. And I'm going to play you another clip from a different Joe Rogan episode. This was just yesterday. And it's Lex Friedman, who I don't know a lot about, but I've, I've heard him on Joe's show a couple times. And he's talking about AI and what it means. And I guess the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, the only reason I'm setting it up like this is I don't want you to think that I'm strictly just trying to copy what I'm hearing from other people. What I'm trying to do is keep my thumb on the pulse of the common conversation. This, this is why... This is why I listen to a variety of different shows and it's why I try to stay plugged in with my local community, right? I talk to a number of people throughout the week and I get a sense of where people's heads are at. You know, we're all being inundated with information and we all have our own intuition, right? And we're having this common communal conversation. And I think the Joe Rogan show is an important aspect of this dialogue. You know, if, if, if that's not a fair assessment, feel free to let me know what you think. But I, I can't help but you know, it's like this idea of everybody's got some some superpower, something to offer. You know, I, I believe that Joe Rogan's superpower might be his, you know, number one, his position that he kind of just found himself in by being who he is. But number two is his genuine curiosity. 
and his ability to carry on a conversation, asking questions out of a pure desire for more information. You know, I think he is a good interviewer. You know, my hope, what I sense for myself as my superpower while I think I'm a decent interviewer and I will keep working to be a better one, my sense is that what I'm good at is sensing significance. You know, I kind of keep my ears and my eyes open. I operate in this kind of wide angle consciousness. You know, I have my daily tasks, my, my routine, my objectives, the things I need to get done, but I keep my eyes wide to where I can see things at the periphery and I listen to what's going on all around me and I sift through it and I try to find the significant morsels, right? You know, part of me has wondered with this podcast, right? It's the easy peasy podcast. Have I gotten off message, right? I want to provide a show that is not unpleasant to listen to. I want to show that you're not going to get your blood pressure raised too much. But at the same time, I want to keep this show on the pulse. Whatever we should be talking about, I hope is what we are talking about. So with all that, I am going to play this show, this clip, um, just a, I think a four or five minute clip from this, this conversation with Joe and Lex Friedman talking about AI because you know, along the lines of the poem, like I think the the assumed potential for this this new force of computing power is that it's going to make people somewhat irrelevant, obsolete. Like this AI is going to figure everything out for us, and I'm not sure I buy that. But I want to just let you listen to this chat, this this clip from it, and uh, and we'll take it from there. So here you go. And the rest is what data is it trained on and how is it trained. So you already have like a brain, mm-hmm. a giant neural network, and it's just trained in different ways. So Chad, uh, GPT-3 came out about two years ago, and it was like impressive but dumb in a lot of ways. It was like you would expect as a human being for it to generate certain kinds of text. And it was like saying kind of dumb things that were off. And you're like, all right, this is really impressive, but it's not quite there. You can tell it's not intelligent. And what they did with uh, GPT 3.5 is they started adding more and different kinds of data sets there. One of them, probably the smartest neural network currently is Codex, which is fine-tuned for programming. Like it was, it was uh, trained on code, on programming code. And when you train on programming code, which ChatGPT is also, you're teaching it something like reasoning because it's no longer uh, information and knowledge from the internet. It's also reasoning. You can like logic. Even though you're looking at code, programming code is you're looking at me like, oh, what Jesus. the fuck is he talking about? No, no, but, no, no. That's not no. what I'm looking at. So, I'm looking at you like, oh my God. But reasoning is a in order to be able to stitch together sentences that make sense, you not only need to know the facts that underlie those sentences, you also have to be able to reason. Yeah. And, and we think of it, we take it for granted as human beings that we can do some common sense reasoning. Like, like this war started at this date and ended at this date, therefore it means that uh, like the start and the end has a meaning, there's a temporal consistency, there's a cause and effect, all of those things are inside programming code. By the way, a lot of stuff I'm saying we still don't understand. We're like intuiting why this works so well. Really? But these are the intuitions. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that are not clear. So, Chad, so GPT 
3.5, which chat GPT is likely based on. There's no paper yet, so we don't know exactly the, the details, but it was just trained on, on code and more data that's able to give it some reasoning. Then, this is really important, it was fine-tuned in a supervised way by human labeling. Small data set by human labeling of here's what we would like this network to generate. Here's the stuff that makes sense. Here's the kind of dialogue that makes sense. Here's the kind of answers to questions that make sense. It's basically pointing this giant titanic of a neural network into the right direction that aligns with the way human beings think and talk. So it's not just using the giant wisdom of uh, Wikipedia and just, I can talk about what data sets is trained on, but just basically the internet. It was pointed in the wrong direction. So this uh, supervised labeling allows it to point in the right direction to when it says shit, you're like, holy shit, that's pretty smart. So that that's the alignment. And then they did uh, something really interesting is using reinforcement learning uh, based on labeling data from humans. This, that's quite a large data set. The task is the following. You have this smart GPT 3.5 thing, generate a bunch of text, and humans label which one seems the best. So ranking. The the human labeler is just over just sitting there. There's a very large number of them. They're working full time. They're labeling the ranking of the outputs of this model. And that kind of ranking used together with a technique called reinforcement learning is able to get this thing to generate very impressive to humans output. So it's not actually, there's not a significant breakthrough in how much knowledge was learned. That was already in, in GPT-3 and there was much more impressive models already trained. So it's on the way, not just open AI, but this kind of fine, fine tuning, it's called by human labelers plus reinforcement learning. You start to get like, like where uh, students don't have to write essays anymore in high school, yeah. where you can uh, style transfer, like I said, uh, do a uh, Louis C.K. joke and style Joe Rogan, or Joe, Joe, Joe Rogan joke and style Louis C.K., and it does an incredible job uh, at, at those kinds of style transfers. It can uh, more accurately query things about the different historical events, all that kind of stuff. Holy shit, man. The, the idea that you don't exactly know why it works the way it works... That, that's too close to human. That's cl too close to human thinking. So, this is, like I said, man, this is a tricky one. This thought, this, this difficult problem that we're trying to reason out. It's like our technology is outpacing our ability to control it to some extent but in any event our our humanness is being implanted in the technology as i said by the very nature of us being its creators and its drivers its influence right we're telling it what makes sense and what doesn't It makes me just a hair nervous because we are imperfect and as much as we might try we'll never be able to give this artificial intelligence our emotion I don't think you know I could be wrong I don't know perhaps you know my hope my hope is that this thing becomes a tool in our tool belt that is extremely useful but that we keep at a certain arm's length we not let it tell us how to be we simply use it to gain understanding of what is right as long as we drive it and it does not drive us I think it will be good you know, this it really boils down to faith in chaos. Right? I'm going to play the rest of that clip, like I said, from Louis C.K. And, and Joe Rogan. 
you know, it's just it's just interesting. These two conversations to me seem to overlap because it's almost like a conversation about our own ignorance in this time of acceleration, right? As things move along quickly, you know, faster and faster, we stand here wondering what it all means. We're trying to hold the reins. It's like a horse running at full gallop and we're just trying to stay connected to it. Get it under control. Harness its power. You know, and I think that you'll 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 hear this conversation with Louie and Joe. It's a little longer, maybe seven or eight minutes. But I almost think that they're both equally ignorant, right? We're all kind of equally ignorant, but at least we're asking each other the right questions and we're trying to we're trying to get to the to the meat of it. But like I said, it's almost like Louis is the devil on the shoulder and Joe, <clears throat> excuse me, is the angel. And they're talking about the trajectory of our society and our level of comfort. You know, and I guess I won't tell you any more than that. I may jump in. I don't know. There, There's so many points in this conversation that I that I want to comment on so we'll see how this goes but here you go but in America compared to everybody else we we're really doing great yeah so we can have these long conversations about what's the right way to think and what's you know what's the right way to live and all these many many boutique things of here's how to feel better yeah because we're just kind of sitting around we're just consumers we're just consumers of the rest mm-hmm. of the world, so. I was watching this video where these guys were talking about, Lex Friedman and Andrew Huberman were talking about uh, saunas and cold plunges and stuff yeah. like that, and like the benefits of it. They're just, they're two scientists. Yeah. They're, they're talking about the, the the provable benefits, heat shock proteins, cold shock proteins. And then I'm reading the comments mm. where some guy was like, yeah, well you, you guys aren't talking about is how much it costs to mm-hmm. buy a sauna. You're making it seem like it's all free. And like, like mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do? Like you, every fucking thing. Like I'm sorry if you're broke. Oh no, you have but, the conversation for right. people that can live that way. Well, I mean, not just. But it's just fun. It's, it's, but it's, it's not an in. It's not impossible to achieve. We're not talking about yeah. buying a fucking Lamborghini. Yeah, but well, I'm not saying that there's something wrong with talking about that stuff because other people can't afford it. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's actually part of why people are miserable is because they're actually. It's a ridiculous conversation. It's a ridic. It's not like. The way the the earth and the experience of like competing for food and oxygen and living in the, on earth, you know, and living in society and just being a person, we've got to some altitude here where we're having some stupid conversations that are just, yeah. you know, should I do a cold plunger of sauna? Like, what the fuck is that? It's not that like it's not you should be ashamed because people can't afford it. I feel sorry for the guy in that conversation. It's like it's a ridiculous trying to find just the right balance because there's nothing really challenging you because you're not you don't have any real problems and you're not you're not on the earth. You're not standing on the earth anymore. You're in a bu- in a bubble where you sort of like maybe I'll try this and maybe I'll just do protein now and I'll do you know what I mean? It's and you'll never find a balance because life does that's not a normal life. That's not organic living. That's not living like a human being. You know, you don't have a choice because, I mean, but you have what are you going to do? Be poor but on you purpose? have a physical body, and if yeah. you have a physical body, there's things that are beneficial to your physical body. Sure. And if you choose to do those things, you'll have a better body. It'll work better. And if you choose not to do those things because you think they're ridiculous, or do you think like, no, oh, that's just not that organic that living. That's not life. Yeah. This is this is mm-hmm. not life. It is life. It's life. And people have invented shoes. The reason why they invented shoes is because rocks <laughs> will cut your feet. Yeah. So they figured out shoes. Shoes are right. better than no shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Getting in a sauna and getting in a cold plunge is better for the physical body than not doing it. Yeah. It's the same thing. Lifting weights is better than not lifting weights because then you develop a strong body and don't lose your bone density. All true. Like all these things are a part of life. 
You can just yeah. decide they're not they're organic. They're part of life when, you're, when you've removed yourself from the food chain and from real life. They become well, part of life. If you're not getting eaten by tigers, yes. That's right. Yeah, but yeah. like we already figured that out. So like as we move to yeah. becoming a multiplanetary species, saying. that's what I'm there's saying. There's a lot of things that you're going to figure out. Well, and also our predator now is each other. So yeah. it's it's now that's we're not anymore about other animals. We're about like, killing each other. And when you are when you, when you are about other animals, yeah. when you do that's when you realize you've really fucked up. Like we already yeah. sorted this out. And right. here I am getting eaten by a tiger. <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Fucking yes, you're a fucking idiot if you're a human yeah. being being eaten by a tiger. If you're a guy from Connecticut, yeah. you're getting eaten by hyenas. You've made a giant mistake. That's right. All right, so both of these motherfuckers are kind of talking out of their ass, right? Like, I know that. Um, I've done it. I get it. They're trying to get to something. They're trying to get to something that's based on their separate intuitions but a shared sort of rough common thought right this common conversation so i'm asking you to bear with it but do you, do you hear what i'm getting at with louis being the devil he's kind of like the oh fuck it like it's all fucked up he's the black pill right he's the black pill and then you got Joe that's like, nah, man, like get healthy, do do shit, get after it, work out, build something, do something. And Louie's kind of like, uh, like, uh, I just kind of like making jokes about how fucked up shit is, right? You know, and I feel both of those, right? I feel it. Like, as I try to make reason out of the world around me, Sometimes all you can do is make jokes about how fucking weird and and confusing and seemingly nonsensical a lot of it is. Right? You know, this what the fuck forum that I started, which we were we're we're going to do another one, I'll say on Sunday. Um so you can look forward to that. Should be a slightly different crew, but it's like that's the whole point is to just laugh and be like, "What the fuck?" But at the same time, I wanna I wanna drive home that like we need to get after it, right? Like I think this this sort of nihilism that Louis is sort of personifying is prevalent. Even with people who you wouldn't necessarily peg as nihilists. It's more like this idea of like, well, what can I do? Period. Like, I, you know, whatever, you know, it's all just crazy anyways. So I'm just not going to do anything different. I'm going to keep eating the garbage, keep, you know, watching the tube, you know, keep jerking off. You know, I like I like Louis C.K. as a comic, but sort of as a as an image of a human, I do think he is not necessarily someone to look up to. Right? He's funny. He 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 talks about things in a way that make you think, but not necessarily a good kind of character I don't know you know I don't want to put the guy down he's got his flaws just like anybody but when I think of a you know someone to to model myself after Louis CK is not one at the same time his brain works in kind of an interesting way so with all that said you know give him a chance he kind of comes back around to his point eventually even though he kind of irritates me for this like middle part so we'll 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 jump back into it yeah but i don't know i i think part of it is just being an old guy that i think like you get you see certain signs that the game is over because people are starting to talk about such abstract forms of life and and I can see that none of it satisfies anybody. Abstract forms of life, how so? Abstract things like like having your body at the right temperature and, and, and talking about different substances going in and out and 
and waste it, you know, and well, turn it on the oxygen and certain rooms. to try to enjoy it more. It's just to try to enjoy it more. Yes, it is. But you won't ever get to what is fulfilling about life, I don't think. That's through, not true. Through that stuff. That's not true. You, you're, when you do those things, yeah. your body is more relaxed. It works better. Sure. And you feel better. Sure. It does with me when I if I, I understand do, yeah 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 when I, I mean, do cold plunges and I get out you know it raises your dopamine two hundred percent and it lasts for multiple hours yes you feel better <laughs> you really feel better I don't even know what I'm saying I just feel a thing about this I know what you're saying I feel a thing about but there's it. also a thing and that I'm people not putting do it, to the last to... thing I'm doing is putting it down from like oh look oh, you're so lucky you can have that's not what I mean no 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 but you're kind of dismissing it as being uh, at the end of the day it's all fucking bullshit anyway kind of it's just that it's just Which is true I think that the most uh, I don't know there's a form of life it's a weird thing because you're not supposed to be happy and you're not supposed to be safe I think that that's the problem is that people expect that and it's not a good way to you're not happy when you're safe you're not happy when you're happy when you're when you're secure. Mm. Um, you know, like people. I was really listening to something about the border. You know, these these people just trying to come into America, and some people are like, "Well, if we let just a few in, it's a mess." Like, there's right. no good answer. You right, know, right. what if we just let the ones in who are really upset? Yeah. Or, but we can't let them all in. Like when liberals try to say it's like the dumbest position they get into. It's like, well, we can't. No, we can't keep let them in here. Got to keep them out. But we really like them, and it's great that they're brown and sorry, but you know there's like an impossible. And then the and then the right takes over, and they sound yeah. racist, and then the left takes over. They just sound stupid. But my feeling is they should open it, the border, and just let them pour it, let everybody pour in, and and then the answer, which is well, then there will be all these problems. Yes, there should be. It shouldn't be so great here, is what I'm saying. In America, it shouldn't be. It's a weird thing to sequester a certain group of people and try to keep upping their lifespan and their lifestyle, and just keep trying to increase that for this group of people. And then everyone's, and then this pressure of people trying to come in so they can enjoy it, uh, and then it gets worse and worse down here. I mean, I'm not Canada. The, the, <laughs> it's really just from down here. All right. Again, so this dude's clearly talking, to, you know, out of his ass. At this point, like he is in a stream of consciousness. And I think he's wrong. He's making all kinds of wrong assumptions, but he's following his gut. He's trying to express a thought. So again, I ask, give him, give him some time. But his specific misconceptions, as far as I can tell, is assuming that because things are better here, they're getting worse there, which is just not true. Right. There's tons of injustice. There's tons of people who live in in severe poverty around the world. But the general trend seems to be that through sort of commercialization, everybody, you know, a rising tide floats all ships kind of thing. You know, whereas, you know, 100, 500 years ago bulk of humanity lived in absolute poverty we are generally getting better and that's through all of these innovations that have come from you know intelligent entrepreneurial individuals many of whom came from here right many of whom were americans not all but Without, without the ability to improve, people won't, right? So I think he's got this kind of turned around in his head. But he, he gets to his point here before long. So once again, we'll jump back. Uh, there's something wrong with that. That's not a system that's working. And it forces people to do cruel things to other people. There's a lot of people that die so Americans can be safe. Mm. They're just dying, you know, weddings that are drone bombed in Yemen because the guy said something that might have resulted in American insecurity. Not even like definite American deaths, but like just so we can breathe a little easier. Folks die 
And folks do labor in unsafe places so that we can keep the prices where we like them. There's so much about American life that other people pay for. That's part of it. But also, it's not good for us either. It's not a good way to live in a gated community, you know. If, if you let folks pour in, like any other wave, it'll kind of slosh. And then you all just, things will be different. I, I don't know, like, there, what'll really happen? A bunch of people, like, will they just come with knives and start kill, killing everybody? I don't think so. I don't know what'll happen, but it's just weird to me. I mean, I lived in Mexico when I was a kid. My dad's Mexican. And I remember I, I, my first cogent thoughts were in Mexico, and then I came to America. But you lived in Mexico here. pre-cartels. It's a different world now. Yeah, but it was Mexico in the 70s. It was a pretty gnarly, smelly place. But Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it was Mexico City. It's, it was beautiful. Also, but, It was a city before America had anything. It's this very old European kind of place, you know, Mexico. It's a beautiful country, and, and uh, it's got a lot more depth to it than anybody knows here. And we're not really sharing with them because they're kind of like the other guys because we're afraid of how many of them are dying to come here to work for us for very little. <laughs> you mm. know, like this thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is shit I don't know about. But the feeling I get. So again, I think he's making all kinds of possible misconceptions. But he's trying to express what's what's in his gut. <sighs> He's not doing a very good job of it, you know, frankly. He talks about, at, a, at another point in this episode, how his his process for comedy is to kind of just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. So I think that's kind of what he's doing here. You know, he's kind of like clearly got kind of a pessimistic outlook on America and on... I guess industrial society and you know I'm sitting here thinking I, I've never actually read it but I should <laughs> you know fucking Ted Kaczynski's manifesto industrial society and its consequences or and its future whatever the fuck I've never actually read it but apparently it makes a lot of sense and it might be applicable to this conversation because maybe Louis C.K. is not so far off. Maybe his point about just letting them flood in and maybe we deserve to have these challenges, these troubles, these problems from from all the folks who want to be here, just letting them come here. You know, I think he's being intentionally outrageous, but he's making the argument that Americans are living in a gated community of sorts, a glass house, you know, and we're afraid of our neighbors throwing stones. Is that the more this American security, this feeling of like, you know, there's more oxygen in the air, there's more, mm. it's not good in the end for everybody somehow well it's it's certainly not balanced right no if you look it's not at the, balanced. the top one percent of uh the world is thirty four thousand dollars a year yeah if you make thirty four thousand dollars a year you're in the top one percent of the world you're basically living in like lower income america right is the top one percent yes. of the world yeah which is crazy it is and so like why is that well, corrupt governments, lack of freedom, lack of democracy, but also exploitation from American businesses yeah. where they go over there and they start sweatshops. And, you know, I mean, one of the, the greatest ironies is people complaining about social justice issues on an iPhone, which is made by slaves. Oh, yeah. It's a horrible. Yeah. It's a horrible thing. Oh, no, what yeah. they do to get the. It's fucking horrific. Yeah. I mean, horrific. It's yeah. all it's all slaves. It's mm -hmm. slaves, it's women who are 19 years old with uh, cobalt red, how the blood of the Congo powers our lives. And that's some of what goes into like uh, electric cars and stuff too, right? Yes, cobalt. cobalt. Yeah, yeah. it it's, uh, goes with lithium ion batteries. It stabilizes yeah. them. So, uh, you know, there's all sorts of shit that has to... I mean, that's look at that's a cobalt people. mine. This is the thing is that yeah. in a, we look at these wide shots of just like clogs of people. Mm -hmm. That's how most human beings live. And this is some guy. This yeah. is some guy. He's he could live in Cincinnati. Right. He but could work at uh, at the Avis in the uh, at the airport in uh, St. Louis. Or you he could know? be a UFC champion. Yeah. Or he, but he's in this huge pile of people, so yeah. that we can have phones. The new phone. Yeah. It is. It's a. It's a 
crazy amount of it's a it's so lopsided so lopsided and then our lives become more and more pointless until people are like should we just give americans money you know like andrew yang's right, idea let's right. just give them money and they don't have to do anything yeah it's just fucking like so what crazy. are we doing <laughs> what the fuck the point of life used to be don't die that used right. to be the point of life yeah don't die pass on your your sperm or whatever but and then somewhere in the margins you'd be like this feels good you know like at a next to a fire and you just almost died but you you, you cooked the thing that tried to kill you and you're eating it and you go all right i feel good this feels nice and you get to enjoy the the stars in the sky you know there's something to that but this point of like just give everybody money every week so that they can buy but who's doing anything like who's and just let Where's them the money coming from let right. them make the shit they're invisible uh and then let's all just be and then we start having conversations about what's the right way to say things and what's the right stuff to put in your body and what's the right position to sleep in because we're it's a joke it's it's just funny to me i guess is the thing like i remember i, see what you're saying. I remember i was at a wedding and uh, there was a guy there who was a tibetan and uh with his wife and my wife and i were talking about our dog and uh we're, we're saying that she needed, she was getting surgery. She's had a hard month because she's, and he goes, I'm sorry, who was getting surgery? And we said, our dog. And he just laughed really hard. He was like, what? So we, our dog was in surgery. And he's like, I'm really sorry. And he was like, I'm sorry. I don't understand. He thought like our mom was having surgery or something. It's like, you give, you give your dog surgery? You put a dog in an operating room and operate them. This guy who's like some from some place in Tibet was like, "That's that's insane," you know. It's like uh, my chicken has a psychiatrist on some level. It's like ridiculous. I mean, that's I guess, and I think one thing a lot of people are doing is looking at the big picture too much and thinking they can. They listen to podcasts and they have a whole world opinion. But your only responsibility is the space you take up and the people you encounter. Right. That's all you should be thinking about. Yeah, and when you're thinking globally, it's a giant distraction. Yes. And really, you don't have any real ability to affect things that much. No. The things you can do is be um, kind to people you know and that you encounter encounter people every day. Try to live a life of of interaction instead of distraction. And be out and look at folks and treat them okay. That's like huge. So I think he pulled it in at the end, right? Even though it was kind of like the pot calling the kettle black when he's saying, you know, most people think too broad, too big picture, too worried about that which they can't, you know, control. Meanwhile, he's ragging on the entire system, which is beyond his control. You know, again, he is just who he is. He throws it at the wall and sees if it sticks. And I can, I can respect it, you know. He's an abnormal person, and we need those types. Just, you know, just like me, just like you. I guarantee it if you're listening to this show. You know, I'm proud to say there's maybe a hundred of you. I was checking my analytics, and a hundred is a nice number. Truth be told, I've got 200 subscribers, but it appears that I have maybe a hundred or so listeners. So that's the best I can figure. I'm not so savvy with this stuff but i kind of looked through you know spotify itunes um you know my my soundcloud you know tried to kind of get an idea of everything combined and that said you know if you're out there if you're part of the first 100 i appreciate you so much and i hope that you might help me spread this show because i want to keep doing it You know, I want to keep asking tricky questions and trying to reason out an answer or at least some attempt at an answer. And in terms of what we're talking about here, right, the challenge of reason, 
the fact that it's not so simple. It's not so simple to get to the conclusion, to the proper conclusion. And I think that goes for AI and for people. I don't know if we should trust AI to be perfect because it's built by imperfect people, right? And when you hear Louis C.K. talk about how America is a gated community, and I even kind of reinforce that a little bit, but it's easy enough for some of us to forget what it's like living in certain parts of certain places within this country, certain neighborhoods, right? I, I've alluded to the fact that I don't live in, you know, Beverly Hills, right? I'm in kind of a blue-collar neighborhood. And truth be told, about a mile away, there's a really rough part of town. I'm glad it's a mile away. But there's homeless kind of, you know, half a mile away. There's, you know... There's stuff. I've heard some gunshots. I've, you know, seen some weirdos. I've at times been slightly alarmed. You know, nothing major, but just just kept my head on a swivel once or twice when there's nefarious looking folks. Right? And I I think it's easy enough for certain folks at a certain level of comfort to assume that it's that way for everybody, but it's just not. And even if you live in the lap of luxury, you're not necessarily immune from the chaos of this world, right? The discomfort the accidents, the injuries, the the assaults. You know, like trying to make sense of stuff has not been easy lately because there's so much misinformation. I hate to use that word, but like from the source, the information we get is is often so confusing, so bizarre, so incomplete that it's nearly impossible to make sense of. You know, this attack on, um, oh man, what's his name? Nichols. Uh, Tyree Nichols, where the five cops beat this guy to death. There's no fucking sense to be made of it. You know, and and the, the Paul Pelosi thing, it's like, what the fuck? You know, I'm sure we're going to talk maybe about these issues on the What the Fuck Forum. Um, but I'm going to go on record now as saying I just don't know what to make of any of it. You know, I listened to the cops on the, you know, the body cam footage. And they're, they're recanting after the fact that this guy apparently swung at them and reached for their gun. But I didn't see anything necessarily like that in the body cam footage from the actual interaction but they're all they're all like laughing or you know it, it sounds like a gang right it sounds like a gang you know I have a little clip of it and I wonder if I should play it fuck it let's let's hear it <laughs> Fucking room my radio, bro. Shit. My shit off the channel like a motherfucker. Damn, what my light go, bro? He got me. I was gonna be high as a kite. So you probably heard that he said this motherfucker's high as a kite. The guy is on the ground, slumped against the cop car. Um I don't know what you'd say, like babbling, uh, moaning, borderline unconscious, on his way to dying. You know, it took him three days to die from these injuries, and they're 
they're talking like this. You know, frankly, I don't give a fuck if he did reach for their gun or if he did take a swing at them, though I don't buy that. But I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. It's not what the evidence is showing. Now, this is a really like horrifying thing, so I'm trying to break it up for you. My only point in sharing this this clip is to hear the tone in these in these police officers' voices. You know, I chose to be formal there because I wanted to call them pigs. Because there is no excuse for the way they beat the tar out of this guy. That's five on one. They had him subdued and they just... It's terrible. I'm sorry. You know, this is where we get with a lack of reason when we devolve into our basal instincts and we operate from pure emotion without falling back on some moral code. You know, this is gang mentality at its worst. And it doesn't matter if it's the Bloods, the Crips, or the Cops. They're all the same. So, let's finish it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, this is a hardcore th- topic, but we're talking about we're talking about reason here. And there's a lot of unreasonable people. So what's a reasonable solution? You know, we can't turn a blind eye. Is that for us? I hit that man with so many pieces in his scale. Come on, bro. I hit it, bro. Please. Man, I was hitting him with spray. Come on, man. I'm watching him, though. He was rocking, but see. No, you took off. You were eating them, bro. You know what? Hey, me, me, rocking. Then I jump in and start rocking. Motherfucker, what the fuck? Man, I'm telling you, bro. Man. You got spray. Everybody got spray. I spray, he spray. Hip, he'll tase. He jump up, just tase. Then he, he was going for the, he pulled a, nah, not dope, he pulled a dog. Then he was going for my gun, too. So I'm like, he grabbed, he grabbed my gun on the scene. That might was That's long as I'd have been in a minute, bro. Man. You got some in the back pocket. No wallet. Man, this. I ain't even get, look. I, we got him out of the car. We was like, hey, bro, you good? Motherfucker, swarm. Bow. Almost hit me. Then he, yeah. You reached for Martin Gunn. Yeah, when you slammed him to the yeah. car. He was on there. He literally had his hand on Martin Gunn. Like, that motherfucker was on there. Fuck me, man. You gonna check this out, man? Yeah. What you have? Twenty-five minutes after Nichols is subdued and on the ground, an ambulance arrives at the scene. Tyree Nichols died three days after the events shown in this video. The Department of Justice has since opened a civil rights investigation into his death. Five officers from the Memphis Police Department, who are also black, were fired after an internal investigation. All five of them are now facing charges of second-degree murder. You know, and like, should we even pay attention to this stuff? Should we try to make sense of it? You know, I think we, we have a obligation to. As unpleasant, as uncomfortable as it is. You know, and we, we need to not pay attention to what they want us to pay attention to, but perhaps pay attention to why. They want us to see it. What about it is important, despite what they say, right? They claim that, you know, the, the, the mainstream narrative is that 
this was yet another racially motivated police you know killing of a terrified black civilian and you know whether or not it's racially motivated is certainly questionable at best it's simply another case of a terrified private individual being assaulted by a gang of thugs whether they whether they wear blue or any other color makes no difference these guys apparently didn't seem to think they had overdone it even though the poor man is now dead you know maybe i'm speaking on this shit too too soon you know i think part of my hmm maybe part of my lack of of reason has led me down roads where I was a little too certain too soon. You know, I, I try to be a skeptic, but I'll, I'll admit that at times I've jumped to conclusions, right? I think a lot of people jump to conclusions with the Paul Pelosi stuff. You know, I was kind of dumbfounded, and I tried not to make assumptions, even though I certainly had conversations with people about possibilities. You know, with this Tyree Nichols thing, it's like the Paul Pelosi thing. You kind of just, if you care enough to watch and try to come up with a theory, like be my guest. But as of now, it all seems pretty fucking uncertain. Did those cops, you know, use excessive force? Most certainly. Did Tyree reach for a gun? I don't know. And with the Paul Pelosi thing, it looks like Paul was a genuine victim in that case. But my questions are from the fact that it seems like the, the timestamps for the body cam footage versus the home surveillance cameras versus the 911 call, like none of the time makes sense. There's hours that are unaccounted for. And and supposedly, you know, David DePope, De Popa, whatever it is, um, he apparently called a news station, made this statement talking about how, you know, the, the, the tree of liberty needs to be watered. That old quote. And it... it it certainly seems to paint folks that are that are anti-government in a really fucking ugly light, which makes me wonder if he was the one that really made that phone call. But I'm I'm recognizing that my own bias might be influencing that. Perhaps he is just a psycho with a hammer who believes, you know, in some ways similarly to how I do but has a lack of reason and will and will go to extents that are totally unreasonable, unwarranted and frankly unproductive. But the whole thing is just so so utterly unreasonable that it's it's hard to even wrap one's head about. And that kind of goes for for the greater culture as a whole. There's so much going on that it's hard to make sense of, which is why I can sympathize with those who just kind of say, beats me. At the same time, I think it's kind of intellectually lazy to not at least try because if we don't, if we don't steer this roller coaster of a culture i'm thinking it's going off the tracks you know i know you don't typically steer a roller coaster forgive the the ill-conceived metaphor but you get the point if we don't take control of this thing i don't know what's going to happen 
you know, I, I, I don't know who said it, but there's this quote about if you don't have a plan, chances are you're serving someone else's. I can't help but think that could be true. So for now, I'm going to keep trying as best I can to sort through the information, to hear my intuition, to consider my own bias, and do what is reasonable. Because I don't know what else there is to do. So with that, y'all, thanks for listening. This has been episode 122 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. I'll talk to you soon. If you would like to donate to the Easy Peasy Podcast, please go to easypeasygardens.com slash donate. Thanks for listening.